was a huge Tupac fan. Yes, yes. Hey, bro. <laughs> I was a huge Pac fan. Bro, what and, was it? You know, the album it? of his Machiavelli. Mm. And even after the... Um, <laughs> well, this conspiracy theorist that was saying alive. that this guy is still alive, man. There's no way they can kill Pac. <laughs> Yeah, it was in the Bahamas, bro. I'm telling yeah. you. Pac was at the Bahamas. Someday we'll see Pac walking in the streets. Somewhere in Africa, man. Bro, imagine. Imagine if there was AI back then, like the way these guys have manipulated pictures. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I would you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Because look, they say like most technology by the time it gets public. Yeah. Uh military these guys like have been using it for over 20 years. Just try. Yeah. Yes. So there's no technology that like, what do you think? Like, Oh, chat GPT. What, 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 like these guys, they've been using like, it for a while. That's what they buy for billions of dollars now. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Then later on after a while, they're like, okay, fine. You guys can. can or maybe the duration, stuff. you know, that they had agreed that they're going to use it for. Yes. That time is over. So it's lapped. Cause it's crazy. Like some of the things you hear these guys were doing in the sixties, seventies, mm. like some of these, background scientific what yeah, you know, yeah they'll yeah. tell you like oh no we only have planes that do this but like no <laughs> no you don't <laughs> you're you're kind of letting us down slowly you know what i'm saying you already have jets and planes that do other stuff yeah you know what i'm saying that can move in different directions but for i think military pace or the world deception they kind of yeah. let you know oh, no this is all we can do for now but you got their yeah. way but they they got away like way way ahead of us mm. man I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this thing for Biggie. I mean, for Pac mm-hmm. and the guy who's saying that he's the one who killed, who killed Tupac. First, for me, I thought it was an East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. I was like, there's no one from Cali who would want to kill Tupac. He's like their... True. He's like their hero, man. Yeah. But the problem is that, that it, like, it made sense because of the internal gang thing. Yeah. Like, the internal gang thing was already an issue. Mm. Like, Crips and Bloods, like, okay, cool, you can survive. Yeah. But then these guys, man, like, you know, you bump into a guy at the club. Yeah. All of a sudden it becomes a scuffle. Yeah. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You do, you drop a great album. This guy wants a feature. You're not giving him a feature. You feel some type of way. Like, it's such, like, even right now, like, the, the gang culture is... Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think it should be dying, yeah. But now it's like it is really out there, yeah. Because even like the biggest artists, like Tupac, yeah, he was very, you know, coming out gangster, but he was also very an an articulate, had a different background, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't really a gangster. Suge was, yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> right. So Suge was very much knew how to use that blood system, but mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of like real. On the street, I was a gangster. Like, I think Snoop was. Mm-hmm. Snoop doesn't, will never say, like, I shot some. But Snoop was. Because mm-hmm. the way Snoop talks, like, you can generally see that there are things he knew mm-hmm. about it. Like, there's an incident, he says, where they went to New York. Mm-hmm. And they were in Central Park. And they and apparently, there was some beef between Nas and Pac. Mm-hmm. So, Pac came up, you know, like, yo, yo, it was good. Like, he was very loud and the same like the way he approached Nas mm-hmm. but the way Snoop talks about it, he says he says I saw the guys Nas was with mm-hmm. and the way they were moving mm-hmm. and in my head I was like Parker doesn't know that we're in a situation where we're the ones who are gonna die <laughs> we're gonna get a whooped over and here it was oh, all the, and it seemed, apparently it all came down to how Nas reacted 
wow. and the way Nas actually played it very cold. Like, nah, he was very soft spoken. What, what, what? Like you can see, Nas was intimidated, mm-hmm. but he calmed the situation down because the guys he was with, mm-hmm. he says, like Snoop says, like he knows the way killers move. Like they were like setting themselves up in wow. a situation Sounds, like yeah. if Nas responded in another way, that was gonna be it. So Pac, he's like, he's like Pac wasn't aware. So, so I guess he was not yeah. part of that life. Yeah, it's like that, he that wasn't. Culture. Yeah, like real gangsters know. Like, mm, yeah, the way these guys, the way that guy went to that door, the way that dude, ah, they're like, nah, it's, <laughs> this is this thing is about to go down. So, what yeah. I do know is that his mom was also part of the um, what they call Black Panther. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think his father-in-law was like not well, his stepdad mm-hmm. also was 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 instrumental in that. Mm-hmm. He was a very articulate young guy. They I mean, when he went to jail, a lot of things changed. I mean, and the thing is. One thing we have to give it up for him is he was a sharp guy, man. He was. That guy was a poet. and He was. The way he was writing his music. Yeah. Not many people in that generation were doing that. Yeah, I think, you know, it's... You know, he he was... He he really... The, I do understand sometimes, like, yeah. where they say... Um, and this is probably what, one of the biggest issues with hip-hop today, mm-hmm. right? There's that whole story of... Uh, yeah, we're telling this story because this is what we're going through. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, mm-hmm. there's that much of, this is what we're going through. Cops are harassing us, different things in the dark, whatever. And we have to move like gangsters. Mm-hmm. But then there's a difference now where, where do you draw the line mm-hmm. between you telling your story and you glorifying, you know what I'm saying, that culture mm-hmm. and making it acceptable and yeah. now it becomes a cycle. Yeah. Because right. that's like, that's one of the challenges. That is that is the challenge because you have a lot of these guys are like who so there's this young guy, I think his name is uh Pusha Isty. Mm-hmm. Was made I'm telling you, you crazy. Go on YouTube. This guy's got 300 million views, over 100 million views, mm-hmm. and then got arrested because I think his brother and him was some but tried to rob some guy of sneakers from from the back of his very expensive luxury <laughs> car because some guy was supposed to bring him some shoes or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then they just plotted like, ah, we're just going to take them off him. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, you can afford the shoes. You can afford the shoes. Actually, mini pairs. <laughs> I know. Like, what do you need? To... So the, the culture oh, man. is a mindset that you can't break. So now you're, you're, so I generally feel like, of course, there's always these conspiracies, but it's almost like the people that are executives that own these labels, mm-hmm. they want to perpetuate because they never, they're not the ones on the street. Yeah. The kids are not on those streets. Mm-hmm. The kids have no chance of being shot. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, well, this is what's making us money because so you'd find like, you'd be surprised. You'd think if Jay-Z drops a tongue tomorrow, he will have like millions of views. No, these underground gang, like the like trap rappers, mm-hmm. Man, their views are insane. And oh, yeah. sometimes I look, I'm like, who's watching this? And you realize like the hood. Guys in the is, hood are consuming that are stuff. Consuming yeah. this stuff. I mean, if you um there's a guy I I, I like Chance. Mm-hmm. And um I think Chance was here to show us that the underground movement is alive and it's happening. Mm, yeah. Because Chance the rapper, like he didn't he was not he's not been signed to any record label. Yeah. And Barely gives his music out for free. He used to sell his music like it was. I don't even know how he used to distribute his music, but it became wow. so popular yeah. like through a grassroots movement. Mm-hmm. 
um that he was like a phenomenal for this yeah. for these guys that like I remember because I the first time I heard about him, like oh like he was even shocked like because people were like really really commending him from how he moved and how he was doing stuff because even like one time Jay-Z and Beyonce even showed up to go and watch him yeah and that was like a big thing like wow this underground and signed <laughs> guy <laughs> he's attracting <laughs> the yeah the big dogs went to watch him so I was like hey nah man you you need that kind of people like once in a I like to find out what his yeah. business strategy you, was you picture yourself man at a gig gable and um Jay-Z and Beyonce <laughs> <laughs> But you see, let They me tell you about come for you. Yes, oh, you know the oh, we told you. <laughs> These Christian people, they are Illuminati. The Illuminati. They have been bought. It is why would why would Jizzy and Beyonce go to his school? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know if I'd want that, right? Oh, I don't man. know if I'd, I mean I can handle it, but I don't know if I'd want that. Oh, I was just like, it would just be, oh, it would be so insane. They would come after me. You know we did. Um, yeah. <laughs> ah, let me I not go there. Always send the picture if you take a picture. <laughs> just don't just do, just keep your hands Get, to your yeah, chest because yeah, yeah. if you do any sign, symbol, <laughs> piece, <laughs> that symbol, if you look at it properly, <laughs> this symbol is the symbol of Muhammad. <laughs> when they, and then they'll pull up like some ancient Egyptian. Yes. <laughs> and put it there. Start you do. As soon as you start finding yourself photos with the third eye. You know, the, oh <laughs> like this my guy, God, he's no. gone. Oh, that's it. He's gone, guys. Don't listen to Abel's music. <laughs> then you know in the comments, I loved Abel's music. I've stopped listening. Thank you for revealing this man. Uh, <laughs> man. Bro, let me tell you, you would know that the cancel culture is real in Christianity. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, I know it. Trust yeah, you yeah, me. Yeah, I yeah, learned yeah, a long yeah, time yeah. ago. I was like, they are you know, you could be, you could be one minute and you're, people love the idea of ministry. Oh no, evangelism, reach out to the souls. What? You go where the souls are. Oh okay. man. <laughs> It's like, he's, ah. he's, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's why, no longer one of us. Why are you not preaching Jesus? Like, <laughs> guys, but, but you know, I was doing the same songs I do in church at this event. No, 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 no. You're now misleading the youth. Yeah. Then you're like, oh man. Then you realize that, you know, I, I and that's what I realized a while ago i feel like so many churches package uh young christian artists as an as an alternative mm-hmm. to not as something original it's mm-hmm. like an alternative like your music is always well thought of as an afterthought like oh people should we don't want people listening to those people those people those people yeah at least we have this mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. like no one wants to be an alternative like everyone's like hey listen i am here to be creative mm-hmm. and there was a time where Christian music was the originators of music, mm-hmm. you know? And I think you see even in the centuries, like how the world would have to come to Christian people and kind of borrow and find out, like, because we were allowing ourselves to be creative. Mm-hmm. Look at the cathedrals. We were, we're like, we were, we wanted to be at the forefront of art. Yeah. Wanted to be at the forefront of creativity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then just somewhere religion Yeah, it just checked in. It just checked in, man. You know, um my wife is from Scotland. Mm-hmm. So every now and then we get to visit Scotland and I love history. Mm-hmm. So and Scotland has a lot of, you know, history and Seriously? those old churches like some which were built in like the 12th century, man. Mm. And they're still standing strong. Yeah. Do people attend? That's another question. <laughs> That's another, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's it, and it's a good thing that you've asked that question mm-hmm. because 
Um, so the church will criticize and they will say, and when I say the church, a few members yeah. of the church, because it's not everyone, mm-hmm. a few members, and especially some of those in positions of influence, they will criticize exactly. yeah. when you go to the clubs and you reach out to, you know, you've gone, it's the perfect place yeah. for you to be at, yeah, to I reach think. out to guys, because many of these people are not coming to church. Yeah. Then they will criticize you. Yes. And we build these wonderful facilities and, you know, we spend mm. billions of shillings and kwacha and whatever it is mm. um, for a facility that's only going to be used once a week. Yeah. And um, we should learn from what has happened before, from the past. Mm. If it doesn't teach us, then we're going to fail. Yep. Those places are empty now because the church was not committed or very mm. active in the lives of people who don't come to church. We're waiting mm. for people to come to us. Mm. You get? So yeah. we can look yeah. at those churches and be like, man, I mean, it's unbelievable. If wow. you see those, if you see those buildings, it's unreal. Yeah. Ridiculously Ish. beautiful. The level of detail yeah. that they have. <sighs> oh man. As I think you can't beat that. Man. You can't beat, like, like you see, as you're saying, you know, the church, at one point we were leading. Yes. And, and so, like, sometimes, like, I, I have to add, that's why I'm very, I'd like to talk a lot about the kingdom. Yeah. You know, because I feel like when you start thinking about something like a kingdom, you realize a kingdom has to have everything. Mm-hmm. I remember a friend of mine who was in the army, and he was also studying law. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he's like, he's like, do you know I'm studying law? I'm like, oh, yeah, tell me. He's like, no. He says, in the army, we have this belief system that we must have everything mm-hmm. in case like imagine like tomorrow there's like a major war, mm-hmm. right? He says, so what the army basically does is that they have to understand that they have, they have to have everything in every structure of society yeah. within the army itself. Mm-hmm. So he says, so if someone needs, we need musicians, if we need doctors, we'll attend them for training. If we need lawyers, we have everything for training. Engineers. If we're an engineers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're in, so we can integrate in society, but mm-hmm. we know that we are part of the army. Yeah. So I've always felt like the kingdom of God is the same. Like the more, when you think, sometimes I think we think of our addition to the church in terms of the building. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people feel like they have, they have no use to God because they can't fit in the church as a, as That's a structure. structure yeah. yeah. So let's say I'm a DJ mm-hmm. and I'm a really good DJ. Mm-hmm. Where do I go? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, where do I go? Yeah, so, there's, there's no room for you. So in the church, if they though. don't have a purpose for me, or you find yeah. like a lot of rappers, we would we were laughing about this with some of my friends. Like, yo, you remember those days when there was like a church would say, "Oh, can't come to our church and do some ministry." And mm-hmm. you're young and you do this young, vibrant youth music. You got now the young people jumping up and down. You got the thing. Then you know it's a conference, so there's always like maybe a guest pastor. Yeah. And then the moment you get off, you're done. And then now the pastor comes and introduces the guest pastor. Like. And now let's have some ministry. <laughs> just, just like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> what was? You guys what was I doing? Jumping around. It's <laughs> yes. like, yeah, empty. that was nice. <laughs> but but. <laughs> <laughs> now let's oh, have man. some ministry. It I still mean, happens yeah, today, it man. It still happens today. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, let's 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 get the kids active. It's like you know when you invite Sunday school kids uh, to come and sing a song in church. Yeah, you know, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Let's let's wash that away with some real <laughs> praise and worship. <laughs> you know, so you find a lot of people who are, um, 
maybe the work on Sundays, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So the, the kingdom of God, I think, makes me understand that we are we are the church. Yeah. Wherever we are, you know what I'm saying? We're the body, we are a role, mm -hmm. we have a plant, we have we are there for God's purpose wherever we could be. Yeah. Where we feel God has sent us to, mm -hmm. you know? So because I feel I, I meet a lot of people feel like, oh no, you know, I don't know if I should be an usher, I don't know if I should be what. You know, and they feel like if they're not serving in a church in that capacity or mm -hmm. any of those uh, few roles, then they're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes people get scared because they're weighing themselves mm -hmm. of, am I good enough to do this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying, embarrass myself. So mm -hmm. I generally also feel this, probably we'll push it as a discussion also, but I generally feel this is why we also um, don't have a lot of people who, uh, really are vibrant about their faith, mm -hmm. right? Or are open about their faith because people think, so for example, I was telling somebody, there's a guy who posted up something where he was asking, like, do you ever have like these dreams? Like, do you ever have visions or dreams and different things that you don't tell anybody? About? Mm -hmm. And this is a young guy who's in the shout out to Fuwe. He's, he's got a huge following in terms of like, he gauges a lot of young people, right? Mm -hmm. Now he's not like, I won't say he's not like a Christian influence or anything like that he's mm -hmm. just a guy who's become an influence in phd mm -hmm. so i saw like over three thousand comments from young people mm -hmm. oh I, I had this dream that you know this and it happened and what and most of them wow. were freaked out wow that they have these they feel Dreams. like this so now a lot of these young people they are in in the youth culture mm -hmm. usually what drinking music weekend chills whatnot but I said to someone, I said, man, the gifts of God are without repentance. And I generally feel like God is trying to say something. There's a lot of young people who have gifts, mm -hmm. like they have gifts. Mm -hmm. But their biggest fear is if I step out and I say, hey, I've got this gift. I know what you guys say people like that look like. And I'm not that person. Yeah. So even when people tell me like, oh, you should start a church. I'm like. No, because <laughs> I know what y'all look like. When you think of a pastor, I know exactly what I'm like, that's not going to be me. Yeah. So now imagine what somebody feels like every time, maybe a young girl has got a prophetic gift, mm -hmm. you know, God gives a vision, but she's scared because every time she hears somebody moves in a prophetic gift, they're flamboyant. They've yeah. got six armor bearers. They're, ooh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and this he, person is talk, not like yeah, that. She's not talking like that. a different time. And they're just like, nope, that's not, I am not going to tell anybody or anything yeah. about this. And wow. I remember there was a guy who, there's a podcast I did with some guys, definitely not, not, not a Christian podcast, but when I was talking about this, the guy who started talking about how he has visions. Mm-hmm. And he's like, even his mom has had vision, different things. And he's, he says, it shocks him how certain things play out. Mm -hmm. But he's just like, he's like, he doesn't even want to tread there. Yeah. He would rather just like. He probably doesn't yeah. even know what to do with, exactly. with this gift. And when he sees it exactly. know, coming into play or like you're saying, when people are yeah. out there prophesying and yeah. you know, talking about their dreams, they're, they're like, man, I do not fit. Yeah. And so that role. here's what I believe. I generally believe when Jesus says the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Think about the work that Jesus is doing. And mm -hmm. he calls it a labor job. Yeah. Right? So before ever of this, guys were picking up, you know, setting up, whatnot. That's a labor job. Mm -hmm. Labor jobs really don't require much skills. Mm -hmm. It is something that you can normally do. Yeah. This is what Jesus was calling ministry. Mm -hmm. 
Any single one of you can do this. Yeah. yeah. When the disciples were sent out, they did. They cast out demons. They were like, hey, Lord we, Jesus. It's just like, this. come on, really? Mm-hmm. Now, imagine, but when we see somebody do that, oh my goodness. It's a big deal. They should be wearing a white suit. Yeah. They should, we should what? And so yeah. now we make something that should be a gift for all of us so superficial. Mm-hmm. Those that believe in my name, you know what I'm saying? That shall cast out demons. Yeah. Will, so those that believe, all of us, oh, no, I believe in Jesus. But like signs and wonders don't follow us. But bro, it's how we've made it. Yeah. It's like, for lack of a better way of putting it, it becomes like a commercial venture. Yes. Like this is how we're going to draw people in. Yeah, exactly. And we need to look interested in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But isn't the same scripture for Luke chapter 10, you know, when the disciples come back and they're celebrating, oh man, we're able to do this. Yes. You know, we're able to see people being healed. We're casting out exactly. demons. Exactly. And then Jesus is like, I saw Satan fall from heaven, from the stars, <laughs> like, <laughs> like lightning, like, you know, that yeah. fast. Yeah. He was like, you know, what you need to rejoice about is that your name has been written in, in the book of life. Mm. Like that's the most important thing. All these other things mm. are just. Exactly. He never made a big deal out of them. In fact, you'd heal someone and tell him, don't tell anyone yeah. I did this. But, but the moment you can do any of those things, my yeah. guy, you will have, you could have six Bentleys parked up. Yeah. <laughs> and call them prophetic Bentleys. And you put a number Dread. over there for guys to send Mula. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is, this is the kind of thing. And this is what I also feel like. Then, then you have guys who've got the gifts and then they've just been made into these flamboyant characters. Yeah. I generally feel as guys who, it's not that they're fake. I generally feel like some have an actual gift but because the, the 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 spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, so usually some of them get corrupted in the system yeah. that has created that those who have a gift are to be like this. But they have right? the responsibility exactly. to determine how they're going to be carried by people. Yeah. But do you think they know better? Like, they, it, it's if it's all they've seen. But bro, it's right there in the scriptures, yeah. man. It's like you've said, you know, that the gift, you know, the gift is subject <laughs> to the person who's carrying yeah. it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, not that I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't make an excuse for it. But when I'm around some of these guys, man, mm-hmm. you'll find the system has created a persona for them. So maybe the person they served under said, we must be like this, 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 and this. Yeah. And then the person who now coming up begins to operate in accordance with the system. Because yeah. I, I generally feel a, a human being's greatest desire is to feel accepted. Uh, there was a time I was mm. watching something on television and it was very questionable in the sense that it was a march and it was these people who were happy that certain laws had been passed for them and different things like that, right? And, but it, a lot of stuff of that called contrary with the word of God. Mm-hmm. So I asked God, I said, okay, on an emotional response, mm-hmm. right? I've done a lot of, you know, events, I've been around, I've seen I'm seeing a similar emotional reaction of mm-hmm. happiness and joy yeah. that these guys expressing in, and that I've seen. What is the d- difference? And I, I generally feel like it was the spirit of God just said, because I've never, I wouldn't have had that thought myself. He mm-hmm. said, never underestimate a human being's desire to feel accepted. Mm-hmm. That dropped hard. And I've, and I've built on the understanding of that because look, if a human being's greatest desire is to feel accepted, which means power mm-hmm. is the ability to grant acceptance. Yeah. So if I want to be accepted by Moz, I am automatically giving Moz power. Mm-hmm. So if Moz says, hey, I want you to do this. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. 
tomorrow if Moss can make me an outcast, I don't want to be an outcast. Yeah. Because then I'll be unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So you have to conform. Exactly. You have to. So, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes Moss could be setting up his ministry in accordance with his personality mm-hmm. traits. Mm-hmm. And we'll be like, oh no, God is, this is how God moves. Yeah. So now we're doing everything <laughs> to the acceptance of malls, not the acceptance of God. What God says. And that's right? why. And that's why I think, bro, mm-hmm. that we need to be as as children of the truth. Mm-hmm. Um that's what we need to be reading the scriptures. Yes. And uh like yesterday we were talking um even with uh, colleagues in the office and we were saying about how Paul writing to the guys in Colossians he was saying that you need to be rooted mm-hmm. and established in in Christ. Mm. And the reason why he's telling them that they needed to be rooted and established in Christ is that mm-hmm. you know so that they don't get swayed by all these philosophies yeah. and ideas of men that mm-hmm. are, that are going to come up. Yeah. Now, the only way we get rooted and established in Christ is also by reading the word. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're able to know and be like, you know, yeah, I like what Abel is doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love Abel and I want to follow him, but at the same time, I'm not trying to be a mini Abel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying yeah. to be a mini Moses. Yes. I need to be the my, my own person who God has created me to be. Exactly. But unfortunately, like you're saying, we are social beings. Not unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, we are social beings. And so we want to belong. That's mm. even like the most vile, wicked, um, the most murderous person. Mm. <laughs> They probably want to belong. They want yeah. to be loved. That's why the greatest punishment in prison is yeah. the isolation. Aye, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's like even prisoners say like man being locked up is one thing but being put in solitary confinement bro you almost go insane completely yeah you want to yeah. you want to relate yeah i mean you're in that space for like 30 days you're not talking Imagine. to anyone you're not seeing the light of day you snap that will mess you up yeah ah. that will mess you up i don't even know if that helps the person reform or if mm. it makes them even like you're saying no, it, it makes the person snap it, it actually does you worse. know but we are social beings and um one of the things that you when you're saying about how um we have young people who are having these dreams and visions mm-hmm. and they're afraid of coming out or even talking about the dreams and the visions that mm-hmm. they have because they mm-hmm. feel they're not going to be accepted or they yeah. don't look like mm-hmm. um we need to there's two things i think that we need to do one god says in the book of joel too as you're talking this what came into my mind that mm-hmm. in the last days i'll pour out my spirit on all Your flesh yeah and your sons and daughters you know they'll dream dreams yes you know yes. and they will prophesy yes you know the old men will see visions yes. so god is pouring out his spirit more and more mm. today yeah and where sin abounds and right now there's a lot of sin and a lot of wickedness yes. grace abounds even more even more yeah the other thing is um so these young people you know it's god who's pouring out his spirit on them they just it's like we need to be like eli mm-hmm. you know and these young guys are like samuel and we need to tell them man this is god speaking to you Mm. You know this is God speaking to you and if you get that dream you know pray yeah. or ask God to give you more revelation about what this dream is about. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um that should be your role as you know those of us who've been in the faith for a while. Yes. The other thing is so Jesus Christ talking to the disciples he was like um I have other sheep who are not part of this fold. Mhm. You guys think you're the only ones but no. There are mm. others who are not part of this fl- of this flock here. Yes. And those guys they're going to come in. Mm-hmm. They don't look like you and I. They don't talk like us. Mm-hmm. They don't act like us. Yes. They're radically different mm-hmm. because they need to speak to their generation. Yeah. If you look at you and I, you know, we are very different from our parents. Mm. 
and that's why they'll invite us into the church to go yeah. and speak or to go in uh, to go and do music or dj yeah. and then they'll be like when a preacher, preacher comes and they're like okay now let's get into the serious stuff <laughs> yes <laughs> you get yeah. because they don't relate yeah. with us yes but you and i have a better understanding yes where if we look at the younger guys who are coming after us you know uh and you and i know that they are radically different mm. including how they talk hmm In, yeah. yeah because yeah. they might not come saying you know praise jesus yeah but they love jesus man yeah and it's going to be demonstrated through the way they live i'll, I'll tell you this my favorite one of my favorite passages is mm. matthew chapter 9 when jesus picks you know <laughs> matthew levi as a, as a disciple and he goes to his house yeah man it, you know what's funny one of the things i pick out from that is it never says jesus was praying for them mm-hmm. never says that jesus was doing the usual ministry it says he was just eight Yeah. And I remember the amplified says he was reclined. He was right and they were reclining with him. <laughs> and I think wow, like how many times how many very he, spiritual people do I know? Bishops or pastors where people can feel like they can just relax. Bro, and he was comfortable. Yes. Being in that space. And and you know what he called it when they looked at him and they said, "Why does your master eat the tax collectors and sinners?" And he says, "Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick." Yeah. Well, learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Yeah, and he called it. He basically called it healing. Mm-hmm. So I've always said, when the presence of Jesus is there, mm-hmm. it'll bring healing. Yeah, it will begin to heal all those things that people are dealing with. Yeah, all those people that think that. So let people come close. Yeah, I don't know. Shouldn't be allowing such people to come to me. No, if we know that Jesus is here. Yeah. Jesus so confident. Yeah. So confident in mm-hmm. his me. And I gen- I generally feel like this sometimes we have a very protective nature. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Of we're trying to preserve something. And I feel like when we try to do that, we're not we're not when you're not conquerors. Mm-hmm. People are trying to preserve and protect and yeah. hide. They end up losing. They're getting overrun. Yeah. They get conquered and overrun. Mm-hmm. You know? Um you find most of those churches that you saw mm-hmm. which are traditional, they're shut down different things. At some point they stopped trying to expand. They wanted to preserve. Yeah. And I'm sure at some point there were those who were like, "Oh, we shouldn't be allowing this. We shouldn't be allowing this. This is the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. This is the way we've always done it." And that group got smaller. Yeah. And smaller mm-hmm. and smaller. Yeah. And those gatekeepers, they ended up getting old and died. Yeah. And yep. there was nothing new. Mm-hmm. There was no fresh anointing. There was nothing and that place was just a building. Yeah. And this is what I feel like so many times where we're fighting the idea of like conquest mm-hmm. we are i generally believe believers are made to conquer yeah. like we are an expan- we are meant to be an expansive force yeah. in we're not, anything and we're everything. not meant to chill man yeah. I and mean, we're told go yes and make look yeah. like but look at us right mm-hmm. so if there's an area in life where people say oh it's corrupt oh government's corrupt okay cool how do we get people in there mm-hmm. how do we get people with values and christian and understand yeah. right mm-hmm. not not with the, what you usually do where you can see it's manipulated but just genuine heart right mm-hmm. if what is it okay we want to help people okay cool what do we do let's fund communities let's do this yeah where everything is strategic and you start to be able to see a lot of these things begin to happen mm-hmm. right but when we're not we get overrun yeah the, and you know many times you find that we were oh you know christian music was the leading thing mm-hmm. then what happened no christian television was there then what happened mm-hmm. right there were the idea of expanding and what i hate the fact that a lot of times you find a lot of great artists 
even today, mm -hmm. who are great in the sense that they've achieved a lot, right? Everyone's backstory is what? Church. Church. So when even when you had something great, valuable, yeah. what did you do with it? You didn't think about expanding it. You thought about protecting and preserving mm -hmm. and keeping yeah. it. Yeah. But you didn't teach it the idea of expansion, mm -hmm. right? So when even when someone knows that, ah, but I really know that I'm called to be a global thing. But every time, the only way people feel like they can use this for church on Sunday. Yeah. Right? Ooh. So at the end of the day, you're not growing, you're not expanding. And then here comes this deal of, oh, don't worry, woo. And it's like, you know what? Maybe this is God. Yeah. But then you go out there and you realize you're all alone. Yeah. And no one ever prepared you mm -hmm. or taught you what it's like to go and conquer. Yeah. Right? To go and infiltrate, go and push mm -hmm. this idea. And when you go into yeah. those spaces, that's when oh, people start goodness. calling you out and say that, you know, you've lost your faith. Exactly. You're no longer a believer. Yeah. Yeah. You are entertaining the tax collectors and yes. the sinners. Yes. Why are you hanging out with them? Exactly. <laughs> and so, and so this is why I generally, and that's why when, this is why I've learned, like, you know, you said something about being, people being put on a pedestal. I always tell people, like, listen, everyone has an assignment. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a job. I will never be shocked if someone tells me, oh, this pastor had a scan. I'm like, yeah, my, Jesus, is he still alive? Okay, yeah, cool. Because I've come to realize the the problem is we we are, we, we've got too many people that were put on a pedestal. Yeah. Way too many people. And it's unnecessary. It's Look, Judas was casting out demons. <laughs> he was right there. He was right there, man. He was with those guys and they were going to cast yeah. out demons and healing the sick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was right there. Mm -hmm. So if, whether God is, but Jesus loved him. <laughs> So much, never exposed him, never called him out because he knew this guy was stealing all money. You, <laughs> he, he was Jesus, he, dude, man. Yeah, I've always had a question about that. I've always asked, like, Jesus, why did you never call Judas out? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you think about it, oh, Look, just think about it. Jesus is very protective about people. he doesn't talk about, yeah, he doesn't expose you, man. That was crazy yeah. because that's very different from the way people pursue holiness today, yeah. You know, interesting. Let me say this: what yes. we're talking about, mm -hmm. the Judas thing. So Jesus does not call out Judas, mm -hmm. but he rebukes Peter. When Peter says, you know, one place Peter says, you know, uh, when Jesus asks them, who 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 do people who who do you say that I am? Yes. And Peter says, you are the Christ. Uh -huh. And Jesus says, you know, flesh and blood does not reveal this to you. And then Jesus Christ talks about how he's going to be crucified, and Judas is not far from that. And Peter is like, no. That's not going to happen. And Jesus rebukes him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Yes. You get? Yeah. He calls him out. But the whole, and Peter was like at the forefront, you know, he was amongst the three boys that used to hang out with Jesus the whole time. Yeah. But he's talking about his crucifixion and he knows the guy who's going to betray me, he's right here. He's right here. He doesn't, Imagine. Yeah. He doesn't tell Judas, <laughs> you know, leave my flock, you... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Let me know. Put words into I his mouth. Have you seen that TikTok that uh, one of you betrayed me? Is it me, Jesus? No, like, no. I haven't Judas seen. is like, is it me, Jesus? Is it me, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's a funny little TikTok. But, but like, he, Jesus could have been petty. Jesus could be like, any way possible. Be like, yo, Peter, now's the time to use that knife that, <laughs> that I know you're hiding. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. is the dude to use it. This on, is, yeah. did it. And, that's, I think, what, you know, I, I the worst thing, because I've seen this happen. The worst thing about, you know, when when you finally get 
what you when you take a devil's deal mm-hmm. is that man it, it, i feel like it you realize how like all of a sudden a craving of what you should have done arises yeah right so i i say this cuz yeah, i know it's almost like a detour topic but in our industry mm-hmm. cuz i'm i found myself a lot in the mainstream industry yeah. right in in a sense that my music is played on christian and also like you know uh mainstream platforms mm-hmm. so and 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 i'll say like even with my career i find like 80% 90% of my bookings are are more private bookings non non like religious based mm-hmm. bookings so in that world i've kind of seen there's a lot of questions that you would never hear in a situation where you're dealing with gospel artists mm-hmm. right but this is then i realize how normal it is mm-hmm. so first questions i'll get is so you don't take any like <laughs> you don't smoke weed but sweet to get you to write i'm mm-hmm. like no what <laughs> how uh? Then you start realizing like you need it for inspiration. This is <laughs> this is like, like you know it's almost like a Christian like ah, you don't pray before you. <laughs> yeah. But for them their reaction was like that like yeah. ah, how? Yeah. Like you don't <laughs> you don't get this music from like how? Yeah. And these are like really major artists who would ask me these questions mm-hmm. like major secular artists would say like hey how do you they love not, your music yeah. and like it's it's well you, written and like bro like that's That's crazy. Yeah. Bro, we know that. Mm, can't sit down and write without taking that. You know what I'm saying? You got to be under the influence, yeah. man. And now the culture is now the I don't know if it's here as well, but the witchcraft aspect. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't talk about because a lot of people so a lot of young people are getting into these deals. So I've got to ask you, is yeah. this real in the music space? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Witchcraft. Ah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> bro I've heard people talk about it but it's people uh, who are not in the music system people, in the music people, game people are gonna click badly on this one. Oh yeah oh yeah it's crazy witchcraft is huge in the entertainment industry it is What? huge so you go sit yeah you go sit you're 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 told to do certain stuff you're rituals, told to whatever do it rituals. is rituals yeah, yeah. When you start hearing a lot of these guys, like, I realize just how, like, wow. You know, I value mm-hmm. the gift that I have yeah. from God more than anything. Because I realize, like, wait, you went to a witch doctor to do what? What? <laughs> to Just to get a hit song. Wow. And then I'm thinking, wow. Like, that's something I think should happen naturally, right? Mm-hmm. Then I realize the, 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 the difference between when god gives you something mm-hmm. and when the enemy gives you something there's constant unrest with a lot of these guys yeah there's constant um remember these ele- these there's these elements that you take for granted these these things that you take for your the peace that you yeah. that you have yes of course there's certain things in life that stress you but you just don't know you know what i'm saying the, the elements like envy yeah Jealousy, jealousy right mm-hmm. things that you don't really fight with like they're so they become dominant like anything you do mm-hmm. you post up if i post up like oh you know i'm in i'm in kenya you know maybe i'm with i'm with moz six guys will start dming you oh hey moz hey what's up I, you know, they're looking for plug a way out yeah 
if someone shows something, how did you become successful? I'm willing to do anything. Mm -hmm. I know guys who get, especially like secular producers, they'll get these phone calls. Hi, I'm I'm a young guy. I really want to do. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's actually a video. Um, the guy who did the, the very first recording when I was when I was young, I was about 12 years old. Name is TK. Mm -hmm. He even recorded it. Mm -hmm. This young guy calls him up and says, "Hey, uh, TK, how are you doing? I really want to do my music with you." He's like, "Oh, okay." So TK makes up this fake voice because he got a text saying, "I'm willing to do anything, mm -hmm. even like do any ritual." Mm -hmm. Wow. So TK starts trolling him, basically starts going like, okay, are you willing to kill your family member? Yes, I'm willing to do that. Wow. Look, this, I, this idea of success in Africa, especially, and even the world, but is, is like, I have to, I just have to make it. And especially with young people, it's a craving because everything, they, everyone there that's being put in their face of success mm -hmm. is young. Mm -hmm. Oh, young. Oh, my gosh. Why am I 25 and I'm not a millionaire? Mm -hmm. Why am I another one? Right? So the things they will do mm -hmm. just for that success, yeah. they will sleep in a coffin. <laughs> they will, you know what I'm saying? They will. There's a friend of mine I remember who was telling me a story. He was, he was, uh, he realized he had to change his life because he was dating this girl. And all of a sudden, she just like, she moved in with him. And he was like, okay. Now, of course, he was from a Christian background, but he was like, you know, kind of, he says, bro, I got serious about prayer when my maid was cleaning my room and found a little bottle under my bed, like stuck underneath. Had my picture on it, built some black goo in it. <laughs> oh, bro. He said, man, his parents, because his parents were ministers, so the next thing they're doing prayers. <laughs> There at his house, he's like, prayers and stuff is being revealed. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. And the, this this dude is moving the prophetic. He's like, yeah, on this, there's a time she took you to this place. And that means like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yep. She she did it. Like, narrating him to things he's never told anybody. Is he in the music industry? He's, he's in the industry, yeah. Entertainment altogether. So a lot of this entertainment industry where people want to be seen. Yeah. They did. Look, a human, like I said, a human being's greatest desire is to feel accepted. Yeah. This industry where people love to be seen. Yeah. Recognized. Uh, honored in what way. Mm -hmm. You know, perceived. You'll be surprised the things that they've had to do. Rituals. I remember I met some, some West African artist. And he was telling me a story. He says, yeah, man, you know, one time. Like, I think he thought that because he, he met me where somebody just said, oh, this is Abel. He's an artist. He's a big artist back in Zambia. And a fellow artist introduced. He's like, yeah, man, you know. What? And then all of a sudden, he just starts going into a story. He's like, yeah, you know, one time I'm on stage. I showed up in Cameroon. I'm on stage. And like, all of a sudden, backstage, I just start getting itchy. So I'm scratching. I'm scratching. I'm like, why am I getting itchy? And then this guy comes to me. He's like, no, no, no. It's, uh, it's the previous artist, you know, they... They want you to to fail in terms of your performance. So here, take this bracelet. And he says, I put on the bracelet and the itching went. <laughs> so, like, bro, you hear, what? These, you hear these stories. Like, there's also, there's a, there's a dude, hey. uh, there's a dude, shout out to him, uh, MKV. He was, he was a secular artist, yeah. right? He's, he did one of the biggest, I think, exposés back home. Because mm -hmm. we knew him as a secular artist. And he was very, he was a very, uh, on stage, he mm -hmm. used to do a lot of sexualized dances as a guy, mm -hmm. right? Shake his waist a lot, whatnot. He ended up telling in his testimony because he got saved. And he says, they, he says, man, I had mad demons. Says that I jumped over a wall fence trying to run away from pastors praying for me. He says, they just had to tell me the things I was doing and how I was like oh, wow. tossing people, whatnot. But he says, but when I got saved, you know, it was my wife's prayers and everything like that. But then he starts telling, he's like, listen, none of that 
that I was doing on stage was just normal. He says, I had to go to a witch doctor and the witch doctor, in an, I think it was in another country. He says, basically the witch doctor was telling him, okay, I'm going to give you this dance. And when you shake your waist, like women will flock, especially married women. Mm -hmm. He says, I kid you not. He says, when I did my shows, married women were the number one who were hitting on me. Wow. Number one hitting on me. Since when I start doing that dance, it would just be like, all of a sudden, the vibe would just become different. Bro, I'm just thinking, so, man. <laughs> some of these dances we're copying yeah. and thinking that we need to you run with them. Saying? Like, you man, we need saying? to think twice Listen, about them. Because like I, I, I tell people, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm also not that person who's like, ooh, you know, I get, I get scared, right? But I always feel like, yeah. listen, there's there's one thing I always take great confidence in and the fact that, you know, uh, even like, even the least of the demons, yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah. are scared of the weakest Christian. If the weakest Christian understands who they are in Christ. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And he, even, I remember even Joseph Prince was once preaching and he says, I don't know why people make such a big fuss of about the power of the occult. He says, I was in that. He says, and one thing you knew is, if you're going to try to attack a Christian and you fail, those demons come back and torment you. Ooh. If you try to use, say, okay, I'm going to, it's a risk. You know, the Bible says, yeah. come attack you in one way and flee in seven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he says, my guy, the demons are like, are you sure you want to wow. do this? Because when I get whooped, it's yeah. you I'm coming back. Yeah. Yeah. When you're using those entities. That's crazy, man. So we, so this is, this is a culture that even like with some, Sometimes you you face, you mm -hmm. find mm -hmm. um, the, I, so the problem is, and I, I always tell people like, listen, I am not for anything that has no blueprint. Yeah. Right. If you're going to tell me or you're successful, what, okay, cool. Show me mm -hmm. how, how did this, how did you come to this? Yeah. Right. And some guys can't and, even. Yeah. So some artists would just show up all oh, throwing money, different things. No, I'm giving, here's a bunch of money. And people be like all of a sudden, because, because poverty is very big. Yeah. Again, mm -hmm. people will be flocking to them. Oh, I also want to become like you. I also want to be what, what do you mean become like them? Yeah. Basically, I want to be seen. Mm -hmm. I want to have money. I want to think. And the young, and I'm telling you, a lot of young people are getting themselves into some very dark stuff and it only creates depression. Mm -hmm. It takes away their life. There's no peace. Mm -hmm. Um, I know guys who, a lot of artists who I know are into stuff, they can't even be in a room when you're praying. Yeah. The moment they just see like, oh, you're, you're taking this, they'll have to walk out. After you're done singing, they'll come back. Mm -hmm. This is, there's no peace in that life. Yeah. It, but you're, flack, you're flexing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You're flexing for everybody. Yeah. And you got houses, success, you got what? Yeah. But there's no peace, man. You know, the, um, there's an artist I love. I think it's um, <clears throat> Lauren Hill. Mm -hmm. She did an album called Unplugged. Mm -hmm. MTV Unplugged. Yeah. It was like her last album that she did. Let's not forget she did one of the greatest albums of all time. Miss Education. <laughs> man. That man. album has such great teachings, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My middle child is called Zion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> Hey, I'm just saying. saying. I was like, I'm man, you've been inspired. Saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> you, yeah. Not going to go into it, but you know. Hey. <laughs> Zion, that mm. album, Miss Education, was, it's still actually one of my favorite yeah. hip-hop albums. Yes. Hands down. Yeah. The content is unreal, man. But, so when she did her album called Unplugged, mm -hmm. um, and she was tired of that life. Mm. Like, she was like, 
um, she says that after, you know, miseducation of Lauren Hill, she won like, was it like nine Grammys? Yeah. Man, she won almost every Grammy that she was, no, uh, yes. that she was nominated for. Yes. And um, one of the most successful uh, musicians we've had mm-hmm. in our lifetime. So she took like two years or three years before she released and um, unplugged. And it was just her and her guitar. And so anyway, she sang, she, part of it, she, uh, one, one, in one of her songs, she says that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. And so wow. the enemy will do, man, he'll do anything. Like, you know, Paul, oh, yeah. he'll put out dollars for you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. At the end of the day, man, he's just, he's just going to yeah. destroy your life. Yeah. He'll give you the money, yeah. but he'll keep spending that money. And yeah. like you're saying, you wouldn't have any peace in your life. And, um, you have all this drama mm-hmm. that's surrounding yeah. you and scandals coming up, even yeah. though you haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. He doesn't look, care. Look, uh, like even, have you, you know, if you ever listen to the content of some of these rappers, man, there's no peace. No. Huh. Like, oh, demons chase, especially these new kids. Oh my goodness. Demons chasing me. What in my dreams? I'm having this. I'm like, Yo, yo, what did you get into? <laughs> Why should I be craving any of wow. that? Right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a there's a famous guy I think who um, who one of the people. If you've ever heard how people like you know Devil at the Crossroads or mm-hmm. um, where that the whole the one of the biggest things of the they call him the Godfather, like the father of rock and roll, mm-hmm. right? The guy who literally created the whole sound that people would blew up from rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And they said it's often documented that he narrates about how he sold his soul, right? And there's a famous place where it says um, he might he, he there's a crossroad where he says like a devil the, the devil gave him an opportunity and he took it, mm-hmm. and after that he could play like nobody ever. But then he'd write these songs like hounds chasing me, you know, or you know what I'm saying, or just it's it, it, his lyrics in the last days became that now. Mm-hmm. One of the songs where he talks about like hounds chasing him, it is documented that when he was dying, he started howling like a dog Ooh. on his death. Besides screaming, they're coming after me. They're coming after me. Now, imagine having a successful career, hundreds of people selling millions, and that's how you die. Yeah. And Fear. probably. I, I know secular artists. I know people. I've been to some moments where I remember. Uh, here's one thing I'll tell people I, I wouldn't want to mention a name because I think mm-hmm. but there was, an, there was an artist I knew and he had he had an incident so he was in the hospital for a little while but in his last days and that's one of my biggest regrets that I didn't get a chance to see him because somebody asked me oh please can you see him but I had such a hectic week mm-hmm. but I should have made like a lot more time mm-hmm. because when I heard the stories everyone was like he had started telling his mom, like, no, I see, I'm seeing people coming after me in my visions. I'm seeing musicians. I'm seeing certain things. So his mom was very convinced that um, that there was a spiritual reason her mm-hmm. son was killed because he was extremely talented. Wow. Very good songwriter, right? Mm-hmm. And, but there's something I've also seen in Hollywood where apparently when, when a musician or somebody who's famous dies... Mm-hmm. People go to mediums and say, I want to talk to the spirit of that person so I can get their gift. It's a big thing. Like mediums are like, oh, like a Michael Jackson dying. Mediums make so much money because all of a sudden like, oh, I want to talk. I need to talk to the spirit of this Mm -hmm. person. I need to get their inspiration and to get whatever inspired them. I need that. That's messed up. Because I want to get to that level. It's so crazy how 
Exactly. Sometimes dark displaced. Exactly. So I, I'll tell you. So then we so we did his funeral, mm-hmm. right? So he eventually, unfortunately, passed away after being in hospital. So his funeral. I never, I'll never forget. So I was asked to be an usher at his funeral. The first thing I noticed was when we did his the first. So we have this ritual where we we take your body to. They take the body to. Uh, there's a place called Playhouse, which is a very has a historical artistic. You know, we'll have a service there. Mm-hmm. Then they'll do the church service. There was a lot of young people there. I saw like who kind of like I got this. I didn't want to judge, but it felt like everyone wanted. A lot of them wanted to be seen. Mm-hmm. Right. So then we get to. They went, they had a church service. So I went straight, had another errand. So I went to the graveyard. So when they went to the church service, somebody comes to the graveyard first and says, yo, the church service was crazy. I said, what happened? He says, fans showed up. I'm like, well, what's bad about that? He's like, no, they were just in a route. This is in the morning. Hundreds of people drunk. They started doing dig outs outside the church. Mm -hmm. They started, cars started playing chicken. Hmm? Chicken. You know how chicken? Like, you're in your car, I'm in my car. Mm. We start driving towards each other and whoever moves. Wow. And ramming into each other. Bro. So I'm thinking, nah. And then they start coming to the graveside. All I could hear was loud music. They start, they came in buses. The, so we're at the graveside where the pastor couldn't be heard because there was so much loud music everywhere. So I went to the cars and I started telling people, hey, please switch off the cars, please switch off the engine. Oh, hey, oh, Mr. Abel, I don't know. Okay. So now that everyone, it's coming quiet. So people are going towards the graveside. Um, of course, it's then the next thing. So they're lowering the casket and it snaps. <laughs> snaps. Yeah. Boom. Now there's rowdy, right? So now all these drunk, half drunk people are trying to slap around the guys who handle the, the casket, casket, right? Who work yeah. there at the graveside. Because mm-hmm. it's like the most expensive graveyard in like in the country. So mm-hmm. most times prestigious people always get buried there. Yeah. So they're trying to slap them. So we as musicians, we rush and we create a circle around the graveside just to create like, hey, people respect this, so they're not gonna break yeah. this barrier. But half the time there's so many people talking, making noise. There was no sermon. The pastor just said, I can't. Can't preach. So now there's all this rowdiness. Mm-hmm. You think it's bad? Check this out. So all of a sudden, while we're holding hands, and like, okay, cool. Let's have an actual proper service. We've surrounded the grave. So I made a big circle as musicians. And I don't know what one guy did provoke one artist. Artist turns around, punches the guy in the face. This is at a funeral, wow. bro. Wow. Punches the guy in the face. Next thing, there's a scuffle over. While we're trying to stop that fight, this I look over and there's a drunk guy. Remember that now the casket is in the yeah. It's the grave is open. They haven't put the soil. Lights a firework. <laughs> Throws it inside. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's what do you crazy. think the reaction is? Oh man, guys, take off or no? Yeah. <laughs> This is weird. I said, no, no way. Yeah. They start clapping. At that, that point, I'm like, so, bro, you know, usually if they're burying you, they have to put like, yeah, they have to put like cement. Yeah. Like, uh, they, they put like cement. Yeah. And then they put also like, man, there was no cement. They just said, just bury, just quickly put as dirt. Let's finish this. 
So I'm like, God, what? and there's so much noise. People yeah, yeah, are yeah. drinking, people are shouting profanities. It's just confusing. And then this is crazy. So then there was also an incident where, because remember, the, there was just this thing, rumor that he was killed by people who were wanting his gift or yeah. musicians. Mm -hmm. So there's a lady, some lady, some, I even saw them. Like they looked weird. They were just like dressed in these. They're not really like hijabs, mm -hmm. but it's almost like, fancy hijabs but mm -hmm. they were very bleached light-skinned <laughs> women yeah. right and one of them while there's all this coming she grabs soil and puts it in her handbag like graveyard soil now then somebody saw her man the guy's sister went after her oh man, man it was insane and so now it's i'm sitting there comfortable yeah yeah <laughs> i'm so now i'm just like okay lord you brought me here for what do i do yeah and the Holy Spirit is like, give the family flowers. I'm like, give the family. It's like, just hand the family their flowers. So I go and grab a bouquet and I start handing the family flowers. And lo and behold, everyone started dispersing. By the time I finished giving the family members flowers. Yeah. And we start walking towards the grave to put flowers. People jumped into the car and they already started to drive off. I really don't know what that symbolized. Yeah. But it was just like, I prayed. I'm like, God, this, this is confusing. Yeah. But what I got out of that, usually, what I got out of that was, I generally feel like music also has a spiritual touch, right? And Definitely does whatever that. whatever your intentions or whatever wh whatever you pulled, mm -hmm. people lend to yeah. will manifest itself into their lives or whatever they they're coming for. Mm -hmm. I generally feel like the audience to which he was performing to the manner in which people came to his events, mm -hmm. inebriated clubs, what mm -hmm. that's, I would have assumed that people were going to come a bit more respectful, but they came in the exact same manner. That's because they, that's, that's the experience yeah. of him. They came with the inebriated mm -hmm. behavior in the. That's what shocked me is in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, who's super drunk in the morning. Maybe it's that's 9 the way. That's yeah. the way they're thinking. Let's honor yeah. This guy, because yeah. that's how his gigs have been. Exactly. So that's when I was like, that's when I learned. I'm like, you know what? Y'all need to, you know, think truthfully about what you write. That's when people ask yeah. me, oh, you do love songs as a Christian. I'm like, trust me, they come from a very spiritual place. Yeah, and look, we, we can talk about this, <laughs> yeah. man. We can, we, we can talk about this because you are in this space where God has allowed you to be, to be able to experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, you are a very respected musician, not just in mm -hmm. the gospel music mm -hmm. space, but, you know, Music in general. By the grace of God. By the grace. 100%. No other way, man. By God, man. No other way, man. So I've got to ask you something, you yeah. know, just um, for, even for our listeners to get to know you a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and even for me, like, did you grow up in a church space or no? Uh, yeah, I actually grew up in a church space. I, I grew up in the sense that my, my mom led me to the Lord when mm -hmm. I was young, very young. Uh, and I actually asked her if I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she said, oh, would you like to be? I said, yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. And then, of course, later on, you start feeling like, mm, I think I've sinned. And mine, meanwhile, you're 12 or 13. Yeah. <laughs> then you're like, okay, no, let me just, for, for safety. <laughs> let me do it myself. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so you, you have that thing. So I, I've grown up in a, in a, in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a Christian home. I, I think I knew my, my parents. You know what people say? Oh, I have a spiritual father. I'm like, that was my parents. Mm -hmm. I knew no one who I could count as more spiritual than, than my folks, parents. Yeah. And that's why even sometimes, you know, uh, 
when I'm on stage, it overwhelms me because I realize some of the things that have happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, uh, I would hear my dad all my life growing up praying for for success, praying for my future, mm-hmm. anointing me. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Uh, and I would have loved to see him to see it. Mm-hmm. But I remember the last time he came to watch me, he saw me singing in a church and he cried. And he just, because I just come back from the States and he hadn't seen me on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, ever since I'd come back at the time. And the same year I came back, the same year he passed. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in that sense where I saw him cry and the pastor said, oh, would you like to come and say something? Because he had also been in government. He had been ambassador. Mm-hmm. And he just gave blessings and spoke. And about a month later, he passed. Oh, wow. So it was, was he like, he, he, he had been at one point, but he was okay. Okay. So it was like, it was actually a surprise. It was on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I never remember. November 22nd. I was singing in church. My mom said, there's something wrong with your dad. So, and I was supposed to sing in the second service. So it was like, she caught me, like called me right in between services. Cause he would attend the evening service yeah. at church. So I rushed home, found him on the floor. We picked him up, rushed to the, to the hospital. Was He was non-responsive the whole time. Yeah. You know, you're kind of like hoping that when you get to the, you know, his body is cold, but you're just like, okay, maybe the doctors will do something. Yeah. And by the time I got there, it was different. The last thing I ever heard my dad say was that very morning before I was leaving for church. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, there was nothing like, he just said, oh, he said in Bemba, I would say, newspaper, which means get me a newspaper. Mm-hmm. So a week after his burial, I'm going back to work and I get to a gas station mm-hmm. and I'm at the gas station and a guy comes and knocks on my window and goes, newspaper. I started crying. Like I was shaking, Mm -hmm. shaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I called my sister. I'm like, hey, yo, my my sister's my manager. So I said, yo, I am just, so she says, okay. So literally I met my sister. She goes, okay, listen, get these keys to my apartment. Go to my apartment and you be alone. I said, okay. So I went there and now I have, Beef with God. <laughs> you know, I thought I did. I was just like, you know, why could you take my father away from me? And why would you do this? And God said this, like in a very most beautiful way. He says, you didn't lose your father. He says, I've always been your father. Mm-hmm. He says, every good thing that you saw in him was me loving you through him. Oh, man. And I was like, yo. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. And... And I remember a conversation I'd had with my dad when I was going, he was telling me his upbringing in life. And I was saying, oh man, you're just an amazing dad. He's this amazing person. Like, no, I'm not a good person. He says, that's just your perspective of some things. But, you know, he says, because I'm guessing he's also known the mm-hmm. things. And when you're older, you realize, hmm. You know, that's why the Bible says that when Jesus says he is without sin, the older ones are like, ah, yeah. It's <laughs> just start taking off yeah, from the, the oldest. Ones, the, the younger ones hadn't gotten there yet. The older ones are like, you know what? <laughs> you got us there, Jesus. Yeah. You, you got us. <laughs> we done a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, and meanwhile, yeah. the eyes of the young are like, oh, these older people are so amazing. Yeah. They're, they're so, you know what I'm saying? It's scandalous. Meanwhile, ah, they the, know. The older ones are like, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it was that moment that that i realized every good thing so is that is that why you did the song father's child that is what made me write father's child that's like one of my yeah all-time favorite jams from you yeah that's what made me write father's child Mm -hmm. it was it was about a while later and i woke up one morning and i had this melody that had been in my head for like five years and i just never knew what to write to it Mm -hmm. i remember even my pastor did a sermon called knowing god as your father Mm -hmm. and he'd ask me can you write a song to this and I'd sat on that idea for years. Wow. 
over five years. And when that melody and that that incident and everything in line, I sat down and I wrote Father's Child. You know, it was it was quite something. That song, there's something about it, man. Mm. You need to do a proper video for it. I know it's long. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I definitely need to shoot like a live you know, live performance of it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the lyrics and everything are very significant. And I think my vocals are much better than <laughs> Trust me, I listen to my old album. I'm like, y'all, y'all really listen to this? Oh my goodness. I'm like, let's, okay, the anointing. Now that you're strong. here, let's just let's just shoot the video. <laughs> we shoot the video, eh? I Yo, think, boy, eh Steve. <laughs> can we shoot this video tomorrow the Kid Crew Bible study? You know, you know father's saying? child. I'm like, yeah. he's here. It's, yeah, it's such a dope job. Let's get man. some good backing vocalists. Let's do it. I'll, I'll yeah. back you Give up. Give me a great guitarist. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, because because look, I mean, it's such a powerful, yeah. you know, song. Mm-hmm. And like, I think ish, maybe like six times out of ten, I'd probably cry every time I sing it because it's, it brings like a lot of, yeah. you know, emotional the goodness of God. Where yeah. you you take a moment of real deep sorrow and then it turns it just magnifies like you know every good thing yeah every good memory was God and you know yeah. we live in a time when last week um, uh, my conversations with um, my guest um, Maureen was so Maureen's dad had been absent from her life mm-hmm. for many years yeah like so whatever happened between the mom and the dad. Mm-hmm. The dad left when I think, how old was she again? Maybe like five. Very young. And so mm. so she was growing up. Well, her grandfather checked in and, you know, covered her mm. and her uncles as well. But there was nothing. Mm. It was good for her. Mm. And she did not know what having a father is. But then three years ago, she reconnected with her dad. Mm. And she's like, I finally know how it feels to be a daddy's child. True. Like, yes, her grandfather was there and her uncles were there, mm. but having her dad around mm. is like... It's a game changer. It's a game changer. There's yeah. something that our dads or dads yes. do yeah. in the lives of their kids. Yeah. That no other man can be able to do that. Yeah. And so when you sing your song like Father's Child... yeah. Yes, yeah. God is your father. Mm. The way he allowed you to experience his love is through mm. your dad. Yeah. I'm telling you. And that's why it's got to be personal for you. I, it is. It's got to hit in a different way. I know when you told Maureen's story, have you seen that documentary that Kirk Franklin? Oh. Bruh. Oh. Father's Day. That thing. <laughs> I, I can't relate that. with him on many levels. <gasps> oh my goodness. But I was, I felt it for him, man. It's the one thing that yeah. has been missing in his life. And it, and I was, one thing I have to say is that even for the few moments that I saw his dad, like his real dad, mm-hmm. I would say, I was like, God really is about to restore because his dad just seemed like a very solid, good yes. man. Yes. He seems like a really like good man. Like the kind of person that I generally feel he needed in his life, yeah. but was robbed of him. And you can see all these the, issues that he has yeah. even with his son. Yeah, they the all, wisdom. Yes. They all come from that place of not having a dad in his life, his father in his life. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had no exact... And the way the father handled the situation was like, hey, listen, do at your own pace. What well, I'm yeah. like, that takes wisdom. Yeah. That takes yeah. years of wisdom mm-hmm. and not being denied. You, when he does the DNA test himself, 
he says, okay, forget my DNA. I want to know if that's my son. Yeah. Like that, there was no like desire for anything from Kirk, yeah. but for Kirk to have, I mean, even, even just his own wordings, like he was so aware of what Kirk needed mm-hmm. when he said, I remember when he said, uh, he goes, uh, you need this. I'm doing this because I know that you need this. Yes. I'm like, it's not about him. Yeah. You know, it's about Kirk. I was Kirk. like, oh man, this, this man's about to change Kirk's life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's about to change Kirk's life. And the, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't expect that reaction from the son, eh? Yeah. That reaction was like, you could see like the son was hostile. He wasn't playing. Like, yeah. You could see like their relationship. But then that moment happened. And I was like, yo. Yeah, because even Kirk's son, he gets to that place where he starts crying. Because he's like, this has been it. Yeah. You know, you're not having your dad in your life. Yes. You know, this has probably been the one thing that's causing us to have all this this tumultuous relationship between us. Oof. And then the mama. Oh, (laughs) man. Oh. Oh. You know, in Zambia, we have this line called Kufwana no. Like, if you're caught, like, just die with a no. (laughs) (laughs) Kufwana no. Kufwana no. (laughs) Like, that is one of those moments you don't have to die with a no. Just tell the truth. I'm like, how do you explain this? You have the DNA test here, 99.9%. Ma'am. Unless you're saying it's an immaculate conception (laughs) or... Oh, my goodness. I'm like, ma'am. She, Listen, she jumped that she, thing. Baby, I'm telling you, <laughs> I don't know about this. Day. Oh, yes, you don't know about this. <laughs> you don't know how a DNA test works. Oh, my goodness. Unless she was in a zone whenever what happened happened. Ah. But you're like, you cannot. You know how the story even came up? Yeah. And sorry, we're, we're trying to talk about you yeah. more. But, you know, you know, yeah. you brought up the cack story. But yeah. Everyone in the church knows that cack has been looking for the dad. Yes. The mom was already presented this other dude from Texas saying yes. that this is your dad uh-huh. who clearly was not. Because even as when Kak went to see him and yes. telling him about the things that he was going, like he didn't have anything much to say mm. because he knew it was not true. Yeah. So, um, Kak no, goes but to I church think for he was, I think he believed he was, she told, I think she had made him believe <laughs> that he was Kirk's dad. And his mom. But he probably had denials and like, mm. yeah. Yeah, most likely. Because like, <laughs> when I look at this man, I look at myself and I look at you. Yeah. He don't look like, oh, he don't look like goodness. us. Yeah. Because when Kirk, when his good friend, when he went to church for a friend's yeah. burial mm-hmm. and his real dad went for that service, guys are looking at him, they're like, yeah, and just so happens to say, oh, I used to date them. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, your nose, yeah. your the, eyes. Uh, the height. The height. <laughs> ah, they're like this. They, he didn't even need to go for a DNA. Oh, my the goodness, The congregation was like, this dude is the one. You, you know, I also feel like, I've said this to a lot of, you know, because I do men's mental health discussions, and I feel like this also is a testimony. Like, listen, ladies who weaponize their children to get back at men. Oh. It does not work. You either really scar that child mm-hmm. or it backfires. Yeah. It backfires. I've seen so many young guys I'm brought to me sometimes by single moms. Oh mm-hmm. no, talk to my son. You know, he's disrespectful. He's whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you start talking to this young guy and then he's like, well, to be very honest, as I'm growing older, 
I realized why my dad left this woman. <laughs> I've had dude, I've had young men straight up say stuff oh, like that. Wow. And the, or they'll be like, I don't like the way she talks about my dad. Mm-hmm. Because now the, there's there's this thing where she's tried to isolate maybe her success is like, he doesn't need a father. Yeah, yeah. I'm a provider. I'm a businesswoman. I've got money. Oh, oh, oh. But there's, if you think that's all a man does, mm-hmm. you are highly mistaken yeah. I think about the role in, that a father needs to be in a child's life. So Kambua mm-hmm. said that mothers have caused some very deep wounds. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm always like, you know, men, uh, mm-hmm. men are always being called to stand. Yeah. You know, we'll bring mm-hmm. men's please stand yeah. up. And of course, there's all these responsibilities that, come, that comes with the role of being a man. Mm-hmm. And... On Father's Day, when I host a TV show and I ask guys to send us a message appreciating the, their dads, mm-hmm. out of a thousand messages, like 900 would be men appreciating their moms that their dads Yo. are absent. Now, Kambua says mm-hmm. that moms cause some very, very deep wounds. Mm-hmm. But we don't realize it. Mm. because the dads are always portrayed to be yeah the, the narrative person. yeah so with with first of course you know because usually this is a very sensitive topic that obviously gets a lot of people riled up right mm-hmm. riled up oh man i've i've never been so attacked and when one time i posted and i said <laughs> i think it was the day before father's day and i said hey let's not forget tomorrow's father's day <laughs> and then uh just that then i said, then said. I said <laughs> <laughs> oh, like there's more <laughs> then i said not single mothers oh uh, my yeah, gosh yeah, yeah, i was yeah, yeah, so yeah. cussed out yeah. i had people from embassies ask me able listen are you trying uh, to get, get some work with you whatnot <laughs> eventually of course I, i i did you know i was just like it was too much it was a lot of heat mm-hmm. right but now i think more people are coming out and appreciating like listen mm-hmm. Fathers can be appreciated yeah. without having we're talking about the good fathers. Yeah. If we're going to talk about happy fathers day, let's talk about the good fathers. Yeah. When you talk about happy mothers day, we're not saying all mothers are good. Yeah. Cuz trust you me, we know there's some bad mothers out there. Yeah. We know some abusive mothers. Uh we know there's a you know what I'm saying, but that's the story that's not really told. But mm-hmm. why 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 I feel like it's important to be able to share to have this discussion about this is so there's a guy who uh who does a lot of discussions of course he's not a christian speaker but he's got a lot of wise sayings and one of the most important things he said he says uh he says you cannot you cannot you cannot protect that which you cannot control mm-hmm. that you cannot guide right you can't Mars, if you're if you're a leader if you're a priest of the home If you cannot tell any of your family members are saying, "Hey, it's time to pray. We're time we're going to do this and that, and that." You can't protect them. Mm-hmm. If you tell your child they're like, "Hey, I I need you home by seven. and they're like, "Ah, who are you to tell me that?" Yeah. Whatever harm or anything that happens out of that, that's out of your jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Your, it's not in your control. Yes. And there is an I there is this thing of a lot of men being told, "Protect women, protect what what." But there there has to be an acknowledgement of what role is the man in your life, mm-hmm. right? Is he a leader? Is he what? 
no, but he's not leadership enough and whatnot. Okay, how did you select it? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I've had a discussion with people like, one, we need to start talking about the selection process or how people get into these relationships. Mm-hmm. I think people think African culture is so behind, yeah. right? but they forget that these things were made out of the years of wisdom. So I'll tell you about my culture. I don't know about other people, but I'll tell you about a bit of my culture. Mm-hmm. So for example, a man and a woman can't come into a relationship unless their families are involved from the word go. Oh, for real? So look, you you have a right. So this is how it was done. Now, of course, now we meet mm-hmm. anywhere church, right? But think about it, right? So I'm, no one can question my manhood in the sense that, am I man enough? Because from the time I'm at a certain age, the men, took me away from interacting with any females. Mm-hmm. And then they put me into a series of things that would prove I'm a young man. They'll teach me culture, different things, whatnot. That whole process, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was how African mm-hmm. young men were ruled. Mm-hmm. Then, then they're presented back to society and said, well, he's, he's a, a warrior, mm-hmm. he can farm, he can do what, he's a man. So now if he meets a girl and he says, I met a girl, okay, cool. We as men in our culture know you're a man. Mm-hmm. You are ready. Because when we send our uncle, your uncle, to it's go to talk to a family, mm-hmm. he's not your friend who's saying, oh no, Moses is a cool guy. What? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's your uncle. Yeah. He's a man who's like, on my family's legacy, mm-hmm. this guy is man enough to look after your daughter. Mm-hmm. That's what it meant. And that family whichever culture is selected, they're now representing her. Mm-hmm. She's quiet. Yeah. They're like, yeah, she, she's been raised well in this family. We know that if she comes into your home and she becomes your wife, she's not going to embarrass our entire legacy. Mm-hmm. So there's a, pro, there's a process of protecting her. There's a process of, of making him mm-hmm. ready and proving that he's worth it. Yeah. Now, who's validating any relationship nowadays? I find you on Tinder. I find you, I see you, your pastor who sees you once a week and be like, yeah. oh no, that's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I get it, right? I do get it. But at the end of the day, there's no, there's never been, a lot of relationships never had a rite of passage mm-hmm. for us to be. So when women saying, oh, these men are not like men from old. I'm like, men from old lived in a time where we are ready for war. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You could literally be drafted. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of things men from back in the day were being trained and taught, right? Yeah. They were under colonial rule. They were under, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My father was a freedom fighter. When mm-hmm. he tells me stories, I'm like, yeah. So even back then, so if I step into a situation where even I'm trying to, you're trying to get that result from your, the fathers of the day. I understand the fathers of the day are different things. Yeah. And then you have women who say things like, oh, you know, but men nowadays are are like this and this. And like, let's, let's also remember that we have removed the culture that we knew mm-hmm. and we've adopted a new culture. Mm-hmm. So the question is about the, the study of cultures. The question is, is if, if we practice this, how does it end, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're adopting a trial and error or, We'll figure it out as it goes. Mm-hmm. Even a lot of th- things that I think people say, oh, Christian marriage or no, no, no. There's a lot of things people don't, we're really practicing a lot of things that are, we just borrowed as much as we can. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. Some people even say like Mash the most, yeah, the mm-hmm. most practiced thing is there's there's certain cultures that we do things that they do called the Chilanga Murilo, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, like a like premarital traditions, whatnot, right? Now, 
maybe only one culture practiced that at one yeah. point in Zambia. But now, like, nearly every wedding has the same thing. So what's Chilanga? Chilanga Mulilo. Mm-hmm. So Chilanga Mulilo is basically this thing where um, a, a girl's family brings a bunch of food from her culture mm-hmm. and then they have this feast. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So the ladies have their kitchen party then the guys usually have a Chilanga Mulilo. Mm-hmm. So, like, her family will come and bring food to my home yeah. and then we'll all my uncles, friends, whatnot, and we'll eat and then we'll give all the ladies that came to bring the food before they leave, we'll throw money. Yeah. Like, so we'll be throwing money from the time they enter through the gate, throw money before they enter into the house, yeah. throw money. So they'll leave with a bunch of money, mm-hmm. but at the, same, at the same time, I've got this whole meal yeah. that I'm sharing with my family. So they're basically telling you, this is the food that your wife will be cooking for you yeah. when you come into the culture. You hope. Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? Mine was was so cool because my wife is mixed race. So people like, there was like some fancy stuff. Like, and my friends are like, oh, you're going to be eating good. (laughs) Because usually people eat like traditional food. Yeah. Man, my wife wife brought samosas, pies, (laughs) and some traditional stuff. I was like, you know, it was so, it was funny. So I gotta say, like that's that's what basically happens yeah. in in a culture. So, but it's so much. So people like something from one culture and they take yeah. it. People like something from another culture and they take it, mm-hmm. and then just say, okay, cool. And I think a lot of people prepare for the wedding yeah. more than they do the marriage, marriage because the marriage. I always tell people, culture is everything. Why culture is not just your background. Culture is how you live life, how yeah. you pursue life, and you you yeah. will, you will approach life from your cultural experience Mm -hmm. like i would for me i would definitely love to know like what is it like for you in the sense that your wife is from scotland yeah you are from kenya how do two people with cultural different views (laughs) end up forming one union you know union into the sense that this is how we're gonna do life because we have little me's yes (laughs) and then what kind of culture are they being raised up in you know what i'm saying like Like, that's that's yeah, I, and and you know the, the first. Let me tell you, my wife is Scottish, and I think the Scots are like the Africans of Europe. Mm. <laughs> they they're so similar in our culture, man. Mm-hmm. They're very welcoming. Yeah, like if you go to England, it's different. Mm-hmm. When you cross into Scotland, you feel they're like you feel the difference. It's like yeah. the East and the West, you know, very warm and very loving, and guys will open doors for you. Well, you have to. They speak English, but it's really not English. <laughs> Yeah, I remember one time. Pardon, pardon. Hey, bro. One time when I was when Debs and I were dating, her friends, her best friends from the from the from Scotland came. Now these guys have a deep, they have a deep, deep gay Scottish accent. Yeah, they're Glaswegian. Oh my! In fact, look at you. Look at you. It's interesting you bring it up. Look at your Uh coaster. Uh (laughs) See, it has a word there. (laughs) So we have these coasters that have Scottish words. Blesser. What's a blesser? A dialect chiefly score a person who chatters in... St- <laughs> I'm trying to do it today. You have to use it's a Scottish accent, man. Incidentally, one who babbles on and on <laughs> <laughs> to engage in conversation, long-winded and idle talk. <laughs> uh, what is that? Okay. As in, I met your granny doing the tune. <laughs> we heard a rich good blutter the gither. What is this one? Exactly. What is this one? That is so another cool. one, man. So right. they use words like blether. Uh so it's blether. Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. That's uh Egypt. What do you think of Egypt is? Egypt dialect. Chiefly Scott. 
idiot simpleton were not possessed of all their mental faculties. What is not able to properly conduct their own affairs? As in, you're af, <laughs> you're af, you're heed, yeah, idiot, that's not <laughs> a real dog. That's, that's a no real dog. Now I'm, I'm wondering, like, I'm hearing idiot, then I'm thinking, what is heed? <laughs> heed is head? No. Oh my gosh. Egypt is idiot. <laughs> wow. Also see Bohead and Dunderhead. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bohead and Dunderhead. Yes. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So so her friends come and that's how they're talking, bro. Wow. I zoned I dare I <laughs> Checked out of that conversation way early and I let them talk. Your man doesn't say much. You're talking about, yeah, I'm like, stop that. I don't want to say much. I just don't understand what you guys are saying. I mean, they'd be oh, like, yeah, you know, man. this girl came and waddled. And I'm like, what's girl? Girl is a girl. Whoa. And waddled is the world. So it took me a while to be able to catch up with this. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> but to answer your question, yeah. so my yeah. wife and I, Two very different, you know, backgrounds mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah. I grew up in the ghetto. You mm-hmm. know, she grew up. Um, she was born in Ireland and then they moved later on to, yeah. uh, in Belfast. Then they moved to Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do thank God for is her family is Christian, strong Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's been raised up in that manner. Yeah. And she moved to Kenya in 2002. Mm-hmm. And so she had been here for three years before her and I linked up. Wow. And um, so, and all her friends... What Kenyan girls? So mm. all those things that you're talking about, going for Rorashios, yeah. we call it a Rorashio, you know, like where you're going to, uh-huh. you're going to be the family, of, yes. you know, you're going to declare your intentions that you want to marry these yes. girls. She had gone for all those things. Wow. She had, she had already been what's the word? Inculturated? Is that yeah. a word? Yes. yes. Indoctrinated. Yeah, yes, she'd already well. got into a system. Mm-hmm. So, but um, there's certain things that probably we look at life differently, you know, mm-hmm. how they used to systems working, here systems don't work. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they work, they just work in a different way. Yes, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's Debs, it. That's you're wasting it. your time. I know a guy. <laughs> no, but it shouldn't. And she's like, why do you need to know a guy? Yes, you yes. know, shouldn't the system just work without knowing a guy? <laughs> yeah. But a lot of it, I have to say, you know, I thank God that my wife knows like she knows and she loves Jesus. Yeah. And the fact that our relationship is based and established on that does help us be able mm. to overcome any of the yeah. any of the challenges. And also, although the fact that I've been raised up in the ghetto and but my parents had exposed us as much as they could to as many things as possible. Mm-hmm. So um and I'd had the opportunity to travel. Mm. So that helped me a little bit be able to appreciate yes. different cultures. I think exposure is a beautiful. It's beautiful because it helps you be able to appreciate different cultures, man. Yeah, and yeah. your and your self value changes. Yeah, because I'll tell you this: in my career, when I was starting to write music, I used to write because you know English is probably my biggest strength, mm-hmm. followed by Nyanja, then like Bemba languages. These are like three major local languages. Mm-hmm. So, what I found is that. When I started my career early on mm-hmm. in 2006, seven, I was trying to do an album. I met I met a lot of my friends who were blowing up at the time. Mm-hmm. I was really young, and they were they were their careers were taking off, and they would. So th- I'll be like, "Yo, how's it? What's it like, man? Yeah. Now you're pulling crowds," and they're like, "Oh yeah." I remember one friend, one guy tells me like, "Yeah, bro, just to tell you the truth, man." Ah, uh, you know, I don't know if you'll make it in this industry because Zambians don't like people writing English. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And I was gutted, you know, because I was like, Zambians don't like, ish. 
<laughs> so, you know? So, yeah. and then later on, I moved to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I had friends from all around the world mm-hmm. who were like, my music was the music they would go and sing when they went back to their home country oh, wow. and different things. And so many people would be like, oh man, we're singing your song in a mission field in Thailand. We're singing mm-hmm. your song in Brazil. We're singing your songs. Yeah. And that's when God is like, listen, your music is for the nations. Like yeah. it's for the world. So and I like that. Yeah. Man. And I was, so I was on this fear of how do I get accepted by the Zambian people? Meanwhile, just like God's like, yeah, that's, that's yeah, the Zambian people love you and expect, but your music is for the world. Yeah. And that's and I think generally. So sometimes there is a why I say it's it's good for your for your for your also like for your confidence because sometimes we don't see ourselves as world beneficial, mm-hmm. world changers. You know what I'm saying? I see a lot of us are like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just God, I'll just do anything. You know what I'm saying? If I go abroad, I'll just I'll just work a small job or do whatever. At least I've made it, right? Yeah. We don't think of ourselves like I'm here to actually. God's brought me here to change everything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's usually that's that's kind that's kind of the other way around. Mm-hmm. But I generally believe like there are Africans and there are people who really like they have world assignments, man. Yeah. Like they have places where they're gonna go and just change the way things are done there. And you've yeah. written great songs that thank you. go beyond Zambia. And mm-hmm. you know, some of your songs we've sung, we sung them here. Yeah, thank uh, you. Yeah. Even at the Kekru Bible study. Yeah. Uh, overcomers. You guys, I think you own the rights to overcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've sang it yeah. so much, man. We've used it for declarations, man. Yeah. And um, like, I, I'm so grateful that when you sing your music, we can be able to relate with it. Mm. And, you know, sometimes um, it's good when, it, when we write songs in our dialects. Yes. You know, like in our mother tongue. Exactly. And um, because they, they connect different. Mm-hmm. But you're one of the few artists who's able to sing a song in English. And yeah, you're yeah. one of us, but yeah. It's like you have that license, yeah. you have that leeway. <laughs> Wait, it's able though. You know, when he speaks, yeah. it's polished. You know, he has this yeah. accent yeah. that's very yeah. <laughs> appropriate. And he, the, the songs allow you yeah. to do it. Yeah. The other guys who will try and sing in English are like, no, yes. just, just stop. <laughs> you know, yeah, just sing man. in your native language, just sing in your mother oh, tongue. Your mother man. tongue is yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> you <Yes>. know. <laughs> But uh, but I've yeah. resonated a lot with your music, man. Thank you. And I have appreciated your songs. One of the songs I, let me just highlight, uh, and maybe you can even talk to us about Lotta House and things, mm-hmm. you know, but um, Ichita Muiko is like, I heard that song. Mm-hmm. I think it was in 2014. Yeah. Is that when you released it? Yes, yes. I was like, actually, December 2013, because that was the first song I'd released before I released my album in 2014. Bro. So yeah, yeah. That song, I, I don't even know what Ichitemuiko means. So I it, guess you can break it down it, for it us. It means love. It means yeah, love. Yes. Hey, so when so I tell my wife, yeah. can, can I tell her Ichitemuiko? No, no, no. no. So can I call her that? Temwa, like I love you. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Ichitemuiko is like love in, in its sense of, let's talk about love. Let's talk about Ichitemuiko, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That that liking, that loving factor. So it's like you're speaking it as an, as an, an entity. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As an, an entity in itself. Yeah. Ichitemuiko. Like the the love that we have. Oh, that's dope, right? man. Yeah, yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. I like that. So what I say, it's demuiko chobe, like mm-hmm. the love that you have, mm-hmm. like it's not like others. Mm-hmm. Like if I get lost, your love always brings me back. Yeah. Then in the in the bridge, I say, mm-hmm. which what I'm basically saying is like, let's go. 
Like, let's take a journey together, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> dude, that's such a nice song, man. There's something that you say on that, on in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You say, sometime? No, I'm going to It's not this. every day they, I want you. Yeah. I don't mean to sound so harsh. Yeah. But it's every day I need you. Mm-hmm. I loved you right from the start. Has Sometimes it, I feel I've drifted off to the furthest stars, only to find I'm rested, wrapped in your loving arms. Then I say, Etch it, then we go. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is like, this is the love that everybody cries for. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> what led you yeah. to writing the song? Uh, is it an experience? It or? was an experience. It was two years into my marriage. Mm. And I was like, yo, it's work, eh? <laughs> <laughs> You're in year two. In summary. Because I was like, hmm. <laughs> Because you know these things, like, first you write all of these things, like, oh, you're the world, you're the most amazing person in the world. Now you're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Can I change like, that? <laughs> I love this person, but good Lord. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's funny, but like, it's, 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 it's the work, it's when, like, the work kicks in, yeah. you know, and... When they're not about I, the feelings. Yeah, so that's why I tell people, like, listen, man, like, I didn't want to write, now I realize, like, I didn't want to write songs that, you know, there's there's a certain like type of love songs that just glorifies the person like mm-hmm. they're an angel, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and I realized I don't want to make that kind of love song. Yeah, I want a love song that can see elements of deliberately, deliberate love. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, flawed individual, much much of the way I even write even like the songs, mm-hmm. right? So when I say it's not every day I want you, mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound so harsh. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to kick this off with real emotion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's not like... Because those are your first yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah, there are times when I'm just like, you don't even feel like you want to be in the same room with this person. Mm-hmm. But I, it's every day I actually need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and so that's, that's the difference between, you know, like, for example, your kids, you'd be like, oh, you don't want the kids like want to lock themselves in their room and whatnot, right? Yeah. Just because they don't want to be around you at the time doesn't mean they don't need you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, my kids yeah. would be like, <laughs> you guys don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so because we didn't want to take you for ice cream, yeah. really, that's, that's what it's come down to. <laughs> go go uh, to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> yes. This is the worst day ever. And it's like 30 minutes since uh, the kid woke up. I'm telling you. Oh, man. Yeah, it is. That, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. But yeah, like that's 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 what really inspired me. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, I, I, and I love it. And um, your songs are very relatable mm-hmm. and they're very real. And um, now you guys were part of, is Lauterhouse still there? So here's the thing. Like Lauterhouse is always, for me, mm-hmm. to my my view, as much as people call it like, it's always been a collective of solo artists. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it was Pompey, Mag, Tio, myself, mm-hmm. originally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, one time we brought in Israel, but that didn't stick. Because there are times we would have these meetings where we talk about like, okay, how do we make it work? Yeah. Like how do we, if we did a group, if we did an album together, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But what always I think pressed is we were great friends. Yeah. But we had huge different visions mm-hmm. not in the vision that a vision that oh you want to just go into no it was just generally like Pompey wanted to build his brand atmosphere mm-hmm. Magnus as a producer has just really built himself really well in terms of what he's done with 
movies and whatnot, and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. in his work. Tio, in the same time, was a graphic designer, built himself up into a whole different thing. Went on tour with Sampa the Great. What? Even in the same way with myself, mm-hmm. in how you know started the first men, men's mental health conference in the country, and and so we realized that you know, like we're good when we come together. So what we'll do is we'll come together mm-hmm. for a song. We'll yeah. come together, and also our friendship realized made us a bigger support structure. Yeah, for right. Yeah, yeah. And so, you guys were. I'm, I'm a, my assumption is you guys were amongst the first ones mm-hmm. to do urban gospel music in Zambia. That's yeah, my assumption. I, yeah, I think we we also one of the things I can honestly tell you there was a, there are certain things that happened that I generally feel uh, put us where we were mm-hmm. at the same time, like made us, you know, we had controversy we didn't go looking for, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. didn't go looking for controversy. But we realized how traditional a lot of things were that they didn't, that they created. So gospel hip hop was something that we, we all go, like we had guys we we were doing the same thing with, mm-hmm. right? It, I wouldn't say even guys we learned from. Because mm-hmm. like okay. I grew up in church, my brother was a rapper, mm-hmm. we would rap in church, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't think we were doing something that was different from what I'd seen other guys do it. So I wouldn't want to say, because the people became like, oh, we used to do what you guys were doing. What? Yeah. But I think for us, what ended up happening was, first of all, we're in Magnus calls and goes, guys, I want to do a song about football. Oh, like, man. I'm like, Magnus, <laughs> what? He's like, Magnus no, is Mac 44 now. So, okay, yes, Mac, yeah. yes, Mac mm-hmm. 44. So, and prior to that, remember, our friendship is built on, I start a Bible study mm-hmm. that is aiming, I'm trying to get secular artists to come to this Bible study. Mm-hmm. The first two people I get was a very big, well-known secular artist. His name is Slap D. And mm-hmm. the other person is this guy who's come back from South Africa. He's also a popular secular artist. And he goes by the name of Pompey. Oh, wow. He's the first two guys who attended my Bible study. Mm-hmm. So from that, I never tell people, quit your music, whatnot. And it's growing and it's growing, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, we've got this street evangelism, mm-hmm. right? That I do with Mac 44. And God is doing just amazing things from that. So all of these things, then Pompey one day just decides. Not even like, oh no, we told them to. Just decides after a Bible study. Posts up and says, I'm no longer going to use my music to glorify myself. But I'm going to use it to glorify God. Oh, wow. <laughs> and... And from the Bible study, because even like people he mentioned that were really instrumental in helping him stay strong was Pastor Mpangwe. Mm. Uh, he says also one time I invited him to come to my youth group, you know, and he says like there's certain things where he re- he, he felt people people around him already, like there's some people that helped him, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Of course, there was the weirdos that popped up and said they wanted to make him their spiritual sons. That's a whole nother story, man. <laughs> so fast Fast forward, we're all now doing work with Magnus. Mm-hmm. In fact, when Pompey approached uh, Ian, mm-hmm. Ian, who's the one who did that, Ian is the hidden gem that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Ian taught Magnus how to produce. Mm-hmm. Ian is the one who does the mixing and mastering of all our music. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really but good. But he's an introvert. He's a genius. You never see him on, you never see him anywhere, <laughs> man. You won't see Ian. He won't post up. Mm-hmm. Maybe once in a while you catch some picture of Ian. Yeah. But yeah, he's a very, very wise, very likes to keep in the background kind of guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like Maggots Pharrell and then Hugo 
<laughs> it is in the background. Yeah. Right? So, um, so Ian was approached by Pump people before he became a Christian. He said, hey, Lude, can I, can you guys do my music? And Ian says, nah. He says, you got to know Jesus first. Mm. So you got to know Jesus first. And that's what, that's the condition that Ian put in Chuck. So Chuck is like, ah, but I'm okay. He's like, no, no, no. So when we started doing the Bible study, I feel like that's where Chaka's relationship, Pompey, started mm-hmm. really changing. And there was another guy called Mandiva who was very instrumental mm-hmm. uh, in Chaka's life. And so when we did that song, Chipolo Polo, mm-hmm. and we had started making our music, mm-hmm. right? Our first, we started making our So by the time when Chipolo Polo now drops, I then all of a sudden we're, we shoot the video the first day yeah. the champ Africa Cup is starting and we're in a bus we're coming from we shot in and out of town <laughs> yeah. and we're in the car and me Magnus Pompitio in the vehicle and then I forgot I thought there was Mag I think Pompitio goes yo imagine if we win yes <laughs> Because that's the year. <laughs> imagine. And I remember we're uh, like, yeah, imagine if Zambia actually wins. Because yeah. look, we just did the song. We've we're doing the, we've just finished the video, right? Yeah. And now we're driving back. I was just like, imagine if Zambia wins. <laughs> oh yeah, we were like, hey man, that would be so cool. Because imagine, like, then I'll be laughing because I never wanted to do that track. Yeah. Right? Magnus was like, let's do this song, bro. This is, I'm like, why would we want to do a song about football? Then Magnus <laughs> knew he had to convince me, like, no, bro. You know, I love you. I know you love evangelism. So it's another way of evangelizing to people. Like yeah. showing people, hey, we're Christians, but we also love football. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. It's gone. Yeah, really, to be very honest. Bro, and it was and I was so annoyed. I won't even lie. I was so annoyed at the recording because everyone had written these nice like Lyrics. rap type verses. Yeah. And I wrote this nice rap type verse. Mm-hmm. And then uh when I'd been done, I'd finish. Then I don't know, I did the I oh. And I was like, yeah, I think just keep that. And the few, <laughs> it's like, y'all are hating. First of all, you make me jump on a track I don't want to be yeah. on and whatnot. So that's all right. And then the first night, Zambia, I think, won like 3-1. Mm-hmm. Now we're calling each other like, yo, this, this team is on fire. Bro, every, every game. Now we're like, yo, is it really happening? It could be happening, yeah. By the time we got to the final, we went, we were literally watching it together. Wow. On on a huge, in the cinema, on a huge screen, it was projected. And had you dropped the song by that time? And we had dropped Chipolo Polo, the hey, video yeah, during yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah. So it was on TV every day, hey, every yeah, day. Yeah. And then they win? Come <laughs> on. <laughs> the first day, the first time they come back, I think we had, we performed in front of, I'm pretty sure, people always debate about it. I'm like, no, guys, we performed in front of 100,000 people. Because yeah. no, it seemed every Zambian rushed to this stadium. Yeah. And they were like squeezed up and the, because the national team was coming to that place and we were asked to come and perform there. So the song, the movement was so, started being built up because like now people are seeing this thing, Lotta House. Yeah. Lotta House. Right? And then with Vichani, with Max Vichani, it was just, jumped to listen from you guys, Vichani, yeah. And the way we approached it, we didn't, you know, we allowed Kenny to be creative, the director. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we're trying to make what traditionally would see in a music video, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just the right time. But then, of course, like I say, controversy where you're now being invited to do events that are that I know Christian. Yeah. It started with Pompey being invited to Big Brother mm-hmm. to do a performance. Mm-hmm. That was a oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So you're you're this... big brother, no. That, <laughs> With everything you know that happens in that place, yeah. It was crazy. So Pompey's performing like at the live show. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is he tells a very amazing testimony because in the background, he was never, he was told, he was prepped. Hey, listen, you're not allowed to say Jesus. You're not allowed, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Certain things. And, but he did it anyway. And he he said he he got to meet so many people who worked on that project in the background who were believers. Oh, wow. Right? That's who were just like, bruh, you've given us such a boost and a confidence, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So knowing what was happening in the background, but mm-hmm. then now you're fighting the church. Mm-hmm. Then there's a, there's a famous Nigerian rapper who came to the country. Mm-hmm. And my brother, my older brother was in, he's also in security and events, right? Mm-hmm. So he hits me up. He's like, hey, listen, I'm doing this thing with Nigerian embassy. They're bringing this famous, um, he says, do you think we can get Mag on that stage? Mm-hmm. Would Mag be willing to perform? The yeah. first, it's going to be a series of shows and the first show is going to be in a nightclub. Mm-hmm. So I call up Mag. I'm like, Mag, would you be mm-hmm. willing to do it? Mag's like, dude, you know I've been dying to do something like this. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I remember Pompey and I had come from a worship night. So we're like, dude, let's go and rush and support Mag. So mm-hmm. we got to the back of this club. It was called LIV. And Mag just like, the moment he saw us, he's like, oh man, thank you. I'm just backstage with all these secular eyes. Like I just, I just like, God, am I really at the right place? What? And this is crazy. So Mag, all of a sudden, he's on, he's about to go on stage, right? And there's these other artists who have gone on, mm-hmm. right? Done their dance, got their dances and everything. It's in yeah. a club. Mm-hmm. So the, in, you could see some people like kind of leaving, you know what I'm saying? The crowd is scarce. Then the first song Mag comes out with is When I Wanna Live People ran to the stage. Oh my god! <gasps> people were like, because they couldn't believe it. Like, wait. They know the song, That's but they don't know when, they heard it. Oh man, these <laughs> people sang every single word, every single hey, lyric. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. isn't a club. And so now the last song was Vichani. Yeah. So now Pompey and I come out from the back. Next thing you this club is erupting. <laughs> and you knew like, okay, yeah, this is, this is, this is who we're called. Yeah. And when we're done, like, then I had an invite to, uh, to do Oktoberfest. It was like, so that is, you know, Oktoberfest is like a beer fest. Yeah. yeah. Got backlash, but Here the team too. was like, yeah, they mm-hmm. drove with me out of town. We did that concert. And then I think the biggest icing on the cake, there was a thing called Day of Thunder. Mm-hmm. So headlining it ended us and Casper in your vest. Mm-hmm. So Day of Thunder was sponsored by the biggest beer company in the country, right? Zambia mm-hmm. Breweries. And it was about, at the time, it was like super packed, right? And we now had to do our set as Lauderhouse. Mm-hmm. So we do our set, we do our set. And then we're like, okay, thousands of people were like, all right, Let's go. Sin is prayer. <laughs> oh, man. Man, it was one of the most beautiful moments. I like think you gig, saw people with their alcohol dr- crying their hearts sad. out, crying their hearts out. People were just, because I've always just believed, like, man, listen, when people experience Jesus, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. It's a whole different thing. People were crying their hearts out. Of course, churches were mad. A lot of people were mad. A lot of people, so like, sorry, written man. a road against us. Nah, the path you guys are on. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We were blacklisted from a lot of ministries, even for years, man. Pompey was talking about an incident where just recent, just this year, some church, some organization said, you know what? We're sorry. Like we've had this thing against you for like such a long time. And we feel like we should have been working with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Rather than 
you know? Yeah, being against him. And really because they saw how he was received by some of the people that they respect internationally. Mm-hmm. And then now they're, oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A prophet. A, pro- a, pro- a prophet. Exactly. Has exactly. no honor in his hometown. You know? Yeah. Uh, so you you get that yeah. sometimes. And we and over the years, I think we've found ourselves in, in some of the most influential spaces. Like yeah. now, mm-hmm. for me, if there's a conference, anything to do with mental health, usually I'm invited as a speaker. Mm-hmm. Even amongst doctors, even amongst, uh, we did. I did one with a bunch of doctors, and I was probably like the only speaker who wasn't, <laughs> you know. Qualified so in there. Yeah. Y- you know, you find yourself in these places yeah. where God has really opened doors yeah. to do, to be able to do stuff that I just generally. And when you're there, you're just you. You people see God. Yeah. I always tell my prayer every time before I do anything public. I say. Lord, let them not see me, but see you. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's always what happens. Like whatever God's agenda is comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Now I I know my guys here saying that we need to we need to wind up, but I've got to ask you this. Haters. These are haters. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. They're actually kind of like yeah. you know, there's so there's such good conversations going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you can't give us peace. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, 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 no. This no, no, one is to continue. Anyway, part two. Part two, part two. Part two. okay. Cool. <laughs> Hold up, not yet, man. Drinks on me? Uh-huh. Were you, did that put you in drama? Drinks on me, I, I think. <laughs> hey. Drinks on me over the years has always brought, like, what? Especially with certain groups of, <laughs> who I won't mention. <laughs> certain groups of, uh, you know, denominations are like, mm, no, no, that's not. But drinks on me. I, I got to say it, like there was one time my, my roommate mm-hmm. uh, at the time in Bible college, his name was uh, Michael Watson. Mm-hmm. He used to play the blues. Mm-hmm. So he got me into this vibe of playing. And then one night, man, we were just worshiping God. And I'm just like, I had this song. And mm-hmm. I tell Michael, I'm like, yo, I've got this song that will make you drunk. <laughs> and he's like, we'll jam it. And uh-huh. we start jam- And he just had this very, that's a that's just got that blues yeah. feel to it. It was kind of really just the influence of how he would play. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time we did it, yo, I won't even care. I won't even care. It was a thing called Synergy. Mm-hmm. It was in Oklahoma. We played that song for two hours straight. One song. I'm just not kidding. Drinks on me. I'm, <laughs> yes. Because it just, people wouldn't stop wow. dancing. People wouldn't stop running around. People wouldn't stop. <laughs> And the pastor started praying for people there. People started getting healed. Oh, Drinks on me. Man. man. I'm like, people, y'all don't know where this music comes from. Yeah, I right? remember a friend of mine called me. She was like, Mose is, is able, your friend. I was yeah. like, we talk. I'm really struggling with this song, Drinks on Me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so basically, look, there's, if, if you want to argue about it, think about it. When Jesus did the miracle. Yeah. Who provided the drinks? See, it was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jesus the best. is like, allow me to provide the drinks. Yeah. Bring me the water <laughs> and I'll give you the drinks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he basically says, hey, whatever I'm about to give you, uh, you won't thirst no more. Yeah. You right? So That's... it's it's t- taking metaphors in what we know commonly said. Yeah. And then turning that around and using it for what its purpose should actually yeah. be. Yeah. 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 Bro, I love it, man. Yeah. I love it, man. <laughs> so, guys, the moral of this story is you've got to let Jesus <laughs> hook you up with a drink. Yeah, that's true. And you will that's not thirst true. anymore. That's true, man. 
These have been good conversations. Man. It has been very good conversations. Yeah. I've enjoyed myself. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No. We need a part two. I mean, we do need a part yeah. two. Like, I'm always like, by the time these guys are telling me to wind up, I'm, there's like so much mm-hmm. more we can talk about. And what I like about podcasts is we're really not. Why do we need to rush? Yeah. You know, we can talk, but these guys clearly have an agenda. They have an agenda. Yeah. I think y'all need to pray. Yeah. Seek the Lord. Yeah. Then <laughs> come and tell us whether we should yeah, end or not. <laughs> <laughs> but bro, it's been so good yeah. having you, man. Nah, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. And I'm really, really looking forward it. to you stay here. Now, we do need to make that project happen for yes. Father's Child. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a big shout out to your fam. Thank you. You have three kids? I have three boys, yeah. Three boys? Three boys, man. Bro, you can imagine what my house is like. I can't imagine is, because I have two is, girls yeah? and a boy. But yeah, the middle one who is a girl, like she is. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't, she's not girly in any way. Really? No. Oh, man. <laughs> no. My sons, I don't know how. I, I realize everything in my house mm-hmm. has to be used for creative purposes. <laughs> we were, let me the just walls. say this. We were inside the house the other night oh. playing basketball. Now, in the house. How we're playing basketball. <laughs> so here's the thing. So my wife goes, listen, we, we, uh, she, so you know how women sometimes all of a sudden, you always think you have enough money, but then they come up with a project. Yeah. Right. Just out of the blue. My wife's like, oh, let's take like furniture. Let's just, freak. I like the furniture, but I want them to be a different color. Oh. So we're going to take out all the furniture yeah, in the yeah, living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we have this spacious living room, mm-hmm. right? Where there's no furniture because oh, yeah. it's gone from It needs brand. to be utilized. Of course, we played basketball. <laughs> we we played football. And I think she enjoys that because she oh. just gets to sit down. <laughs> oh, man. And they're just like, yeah, we played we played basketball in the house and we're doing shots. Oh, bro. You know, and it was, uh, you know, so we, we have these great times. Like I, I've, I, my kids, you know, I kind of realize now that my kids end up liking the things yeah. I like. Yeah, they're the such next, boy boys. The next time you come, mm-hmm. you have to come with your wife and kids. I should, eh? Yeah. Because I think, oh my goodness, this this is, I've seen your yard, it's a kid's paradise. Like my kids will be like, you uh, know what, why, why do you never bring us here? <laughs> do you love Daddy, us? Your friends. You don't love us. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. love daddy issues because. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm, I was talking to uh, Pastor TC, like, he's always been saying, oh, you should come with your family. I'm like, yo, so. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Those tickets ain't cheap. Let's yeah. go. This is a fake friend, man. We'll make it happen. <laughs> but thanks for coming, yeah, bro. I appreciate it, man. This Thank good, you for man. having me. I really, I really have had a great time. This has been great, yeah. man. Yeah. And of course, for you, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thank you so much for watching the DJ mm. Mo's podcast. They have been hanging out with Abel, Chungu, Musuka. I didn't even ask him if Esther Chungu is his sister. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the most commonly asked and question. She's, it's, she's my young sister in the Lord. That's it. We share the same middle name. Yeah. Yeah, so Chungu is like both our middle names. Because she's Esther Chungu Mavanga now Nyatanda. Yeah. So, but but like because of just the way that she's come up and everything like that. I don't know her for years. Yeah. Yeah, I just basically adopted her as, as my young sister. Bro. So my, my older sister always calls her like, oh, hey. We're having this family function. You're no Abel's no longer the last boy. So I'm I'm the last boy in my oh, family. Oh, me yeah, too. Bro. Me too. No, man. for real. Hey, yeah, yeah. Nice. Back home we call it Kasuli. Kasuli. Like, Kasuli is a title for it. Here it's Kitinda Mimba. Kiti, eh, what? Kitinda Mimba. Kitinda Mimba. Sini Kitinda Mimba. Yeah. Kitinda wow. Mimba. Mimba okay, is womb. Yes, Mimba, yes, because I know womb like what? <laughs> yeah. So Kitinda. Kitinda is last one. Oh, really? Yeah. Last yeah, one yeah. of the womb. Call it boy oh. P, eh? 
Okay. Yeah, that's wow. It. I'm just with my guys. Wow. That's it. It's been real, bro. Hey man, it's been great. Thank you. Looking forward Thank to you. having you again. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, man, God bless you in the uh, wonderful ministry for nah, music and keep going with those clubs, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling ish. Tell them drinks and Jesus. Jesus or Jesus. It's been real. Great.